Hey, welcome to Instant Friends, the podcast where we introduce you to people in and around Orlando. So you Florida isn't so bad after all. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Jordan Jones. With me is Kendra Jones. Hello. So this week is our 15th episode. We've made it. We had to skip over one because we got too loose, but technically it's 14. Um, but yeah, so this is actually going to be our season one finale. So we're capping it off at 15. There'll be a... Then we'll start fresh with a season two, uh, new intro song, new logo. Um, we might even change the format and, you know, that sort of thing might start, bro- uh, you know, blocking it down to, uh, you know, artists, multiple artists per episode. Um, you know, still kind of figuring that out. But as like I said, this is the uh, end of season one. So it, it felt very fitting to have this man on, the man that kind of helped us kick it off and, you know, go from there. Uh, founder. And CEO, I guess, is what I, f- I looked it up because I was curious about your title. The research. Well, yeah, exactly. Walter Fuego. Yeah. And I just found out recently because I heard you introduce yourself to our last guest yeah. that you just go by Fuego. Yeah. I, just- I, I, I didn't. I mean, because we've had some interactions as far as like we've seen each other basically once a week for <laughs> like for the past like, uh, you know, 15 weeks. Yeah. And uh, it's more or less been how to go went good or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's never been any kind of like formal, like, you know, like we're long. I've been, we've been discussing more and more lately. Yeah. Talking. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't know that it was Fuego. Yeah. Which is, I think, very cool. Yeah. And, and I guess, yeah, yeah it, has, it has a very good ring to it as far as just like a, uh, you know, nickname, just like Fuego. Yeah. And it's weird because um, my government name is Henry. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can tell how long a person knows me or have no, has known me yeah. by what they call me. So yeah. if someone sees me in public, they're like, Henry. I'm like, where <laughs> in the Back to the Future do you know me from? Yeah, like, well, why did you drop the Henry? Like, what's the, I mean. Uh, so long story short, uh, Fuego came from basketball. Okay. I was a three-time Central Florida All-Star. Okay. So when I would shoot, I would always say Fuego. Oh. So when we do tournaments, Nice. Um, the crowd would get into it. Yeah. Because I was a compulsive shooter. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it it almost became a thing where I, like, I had to shoot it for the crowd. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's and awesome. It, and it was always good when it went in as well. Yeah. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I also grew up playing uh, basketball all the way through high school and played AAU summer leagues. Same. Went to state uh, one year. Um, yeah, but, you know, it was a smaller school. But, you know, that was like I was obsessed until you know, I realized, oh, I'm not going to do anything with this. I'm a six-two uh, white guy that's kind of tall for his school. That's yeah. basically it. You know what I mean? But, I was I was obsessed until I invert inverse rolled my ankle like the other way. Oh yeah, and then I chipped my chipped the bone in my in my foot. Damn, and your feet like your hands have a bunch of freaking bones that aren't they're kind of connected, but yeah. they're not really connected. And if you break or mess one up. Yeah. It messes up everything. So I was like, ah. Time to stop. Yeah. Then I became a filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of kind of kicks off where we're at, where I was going to go with it. So how long have you had this place right here, the studio? Um, studio 17, we've been around since, so I'm a late bloomer. Okay. So maybe six years. Oh, really? Yeah. It started off as just like a film because I started off just doing film. Yeah. Uh, and then I started doing weddings, mm-hmm. um, which is the big bucks. Yeah. Um, but it's the most boring work you'll ever do. <laughs> yeah. Because it's literally the same, same thing, thing. Yeah. Different people. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that makes it interesting is there's always either a bridesmaid or a groomsman 
that just does not want to cooperate. Yeah. It's just, and that's, and then I forgot what our name, we had a specific name for those people. Yeah. And we'd be like, that's that person. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, I wanted to create a persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already had Fuego that was kind of on the shelf when I stopped playing yeah. ball. Uh, and I said, what would be a cool director name? Yeah. You know, Stephen King used to write under a different suit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so his son writes under a different suit name. Yeah. Too. It's yeah. Like, we we don't care that much. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's like I can't have the king as my last name. It's like Joe Hill, I think is his. Is right. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to write his dad's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So um, it was like I need like a snooty. Yeah. First name. Hey, it's good, man. Yeah, I think it's very fitting. Like if you had told me that it was your name, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. And like I would have gone from there. So you created like six years ago. That's so uh, it's so insane. Like because I mean before we decided to do this, this kind of like was never even on our radar. Like. And uh, when you first created, did was the podcast like industry already something that you're interested in, or kind of like what was the real like kind of turning point where you're like, all right, well, this is going to be a studio. Yeah, it's uh, a great question, man. Uh, essentially, we're twofold, you know, digital marketing and business consulting. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, back back we were Orlando's television network. Okay. And all the content, it was essentially a YouTube channel with a bunch of shows that all focused on Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to Orlando in 96. And, you know, as I grew up, I realized that a lot of people after high school, after college were like leaving Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, you know, that Orlando is more than just theme parks, mm-hmm. you know, and the best way to get to know Orlando is to not hang out with the same people all the time. Yeah. Because that way you get different perspective on cool things. So I created this YouTube channel. It's like seven shows, art, food, music, culture, um, had a pop-up poetry show where you can, where we just, it was called um, Soapbox. We took a literal soapbox, put it in the middle of a polypopulated area, three cameras, poetry. Oh, nice. That's awesome. And then just, you know, they're laughed and then it's, and you're getting like real reactions from people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Let's Eat, which was the only one that I hosted. And that was just about different foodie spots in the city. Um, We had uh, one about artists. With like, uh, you know, different artists from different mediums. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one. It was just so many shows. Um, we also had a partnership with PBS. Uh, they were like, we want to make content about more local content, but we do one episode every six months. You guys are doing three episodes per month. Yeah. On, on just like the different shows. Yeah. So it's awesome. They were airing our content um, on PBS. It was probably. A tear jerk jerk moment because yeah we work really hard we work at that time work really hard yeah uh, and then there it was on TV like that's I mean, <laughs> that's like, fantastic yeah that's like I mean that like you said that has to be a really strong uh, turning point yeah, and like that's fantastic and like that's that's so amazing that you said that as far as um, Orlando and the parks because if you listen to the previous episodes uh, if you're the audience and you haven't go back and listen yeah. but um, like that's kind of a recurring theme mm-hmm. through the whole thing is. <laughs> Uh, you know, whether we've talked to several people that either moved here as a kid mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, so, a few that have lived here their entire life. Yeah. And that's generally, especially as a, a younger person, that's the, generally the moving point is like, oh, shit, I'm going get, to get to go to the parks. Mm-hmm. Or like we tell stories all the time is, you know, if our family comes down, they usually go out there and like maybe they even stay out near I drive. Yeah. And they go, oh, you live around here? Yeah. Like, no, this is like a completely <laughs> different city. Like, this yeah. is not even. I'm never over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't even know what's over here. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like. It's like we're both on vacation. Exactly. It's yeah. like Orlando is such a spread out yeah. place with. Uh, and, and it even goes to the communities of like, you know, like you said, like artists or like uh, filmmakers or even people that like are in all these different pockets of doing things. I feel like even then there's also this separation sometimes that feels like it's not all cohesive. 
Yeah, Orlando's a weird market um, because part of it is very, part of it is very polished. You know what I mean? Very Disney esque. Uh, and then the other part of it is Mills 50, low Indies. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like a huge spectrum. And then a lot of people don't know Orlando's broken up into districts mm-hmm. and each district has its own kind of personality. Yep. Um, if you go to a certain place, like a central place, I can point out districts. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, you're Audubon Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you're Baldwin Park. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, you're Milt District. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, I grab, like when I first, I told myself as soon as I was able to move out of my mom's house, mm-hmm. I'm moving to the milk district. Okay. Just because I felt like when I was there, I just felt like this was my personality. Yeah. So it was the first thing I did, you know, move to Primrose and Robinson, like right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was right. You know, it was, yeah. it was my type of people, my type of events, mm-hmm. my type of food. Uh, but a lot of people, they don't know that. They just think Orlando is just like this big kind of slotch of things. But yeah. You can spend, and I used to challenge people when we did the shows. Uh, I say spend seven days in a district. Pick a district, spend mm-hmm. seven days. Like mm-hmm. only go to North Quarter for seven days. Yeah. For everything that you want to do. Hey, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. And Especially then, uh, someone new to the area and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that way you get more perspective. Only go to Ivanhoe for seven days. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start to see like it is like Orlando is kind of it's it's more com- it's like condensed. Yeah, it is. You know and like but, and there's also these little things where like sometimes we'll be like, holy shit, I didn't even know this place existed. Yeah. Like we'll have that all the time. Well, it's a bar or a restaurant or like, uh, you know, I have a friend that's in the process of opening up a place on uh, Hannibal Square. Yeah. And like we ended up talking to one of the guys that owns like a uh, Italian restaurant there. He goes, I've been here for 28 years. <laughs> and I was like, I never eat, like, I, I, I don't think I told him this, but like I never even heard of this place. It's a huge like, you know, yeah. you know, like a hundred uh, table like restaurant and all that kind of stuff. Been here for 28 years. Never even, never even heard exactly. of it. You know what I mean? So it's like all those little things that are kind of like ingrained into certain of the, uh, these certain districts that are just like the people that live in those districts are the ones that are keeping them alive. Exactly. And the people on the outside don't actually go and visit. Yeah. And it's good because uh, Orlando's a place where you can put your head down. Yeah. Focus on your art. Mm-hmm. And then you will be successful. You have to yeah. live a great life. And every now and then pick your head up, say hi to some people and put your head back yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's what I've kind of learned about the city is, is the good part about it is you can you can thrive in your little pocket. Um, the bad part about it is Orlando can be really cannibalistic. Yes. When it comes to like just just ideas. Yeah. So it's always good to keep your head, to keep yeah, your head yeah, down, yeah, yeah. you know, well, work it, on your art. I think it can be cannibalistic. And I also hate to say this, say this but it also can be um, vain. Yeah. That makes, they can also be solely based on if it's cool or popular. Yeah. Not necessarily the talent or the, you know, the uh, thought process or the concept behind it, whether it's a restaurant or music or whatever, it can be based around like, is this cool? Or like, mm-hmm. is this person like, you know, I mean, that's kind of a marketing one-on-one. The person that's out there the most is the person yeah. that's going to get the most recognition. But. Yeah. You know, that, that's, Fabulous said, yeah. um, <clears throat> you can either ride the wave or you can provide the wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's part of like the keeping your head down. I mean, I've been here for a long time. I've seen like a lot of changes in the city. Uh, and one thing I like to do is uh, I water my relationships and I, I keep a small circle. My circles align. It doesn't even form like a full circle. Yeah. Um, I water those relationships and I keep my head down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes I bump into people like you guys and I'm like, hey, you know, there's this going on, there's this yeah. going on, there's this place. Mm-hmm. Because some people are receptive to, yeah, you know, ideas. Mm-hmm. Other people are just kind of, hey, I go to Wall Street. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. go, I go to Orange Avenue. Yeah. I have yeah. a great time and that's my life. Yes. Um. So... Yeah, and, and that's that's a great thing you said because I, uh, as someone that I work with who's, 
he's in the late forties, but he is a guy that will go to the parks yeah. twice a week. You know, that's, that's his, like that, like, you know, but then also make fun of people at the parks, which is insane. That's it. Uh, yeah. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but I mean, I'm like, you're there. You but anyway, it, them, yeah. yeah, I mean, he might be listening to this. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, but, but for instance, this happened like a couple months ago. He said something like I said, we were talking about, he's like, oh, we need more places that, you know, just sell beer like a, you know, like a beer hall or whatever mm-hmm. and or a bottle shop. And I was like, oh, yeah, just check out like Whippoorwill. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I suggested, like, I think I may have said the commission mm-hmm. and, like, a couple other places. And Solid then, brewery. Yeah. And, or, yeah. And he's, like, he goes, how do you know all these places? Like, in like, it's, like, because he's, like you said, he's that person that's, like. In a pocket. I live in this pocket. <laughs> and, like, as far as, like, what actually exists in this and, like, trying new spots, mm-hmm. it, you know. And then he goes and he's, like, holy shit. The place is awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, like. Welcome you know, to Orlando. Ex- exactly. <laughs> You've been living here for 10 years. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things that's just so, uh, you know. Vast and like so, like you know, like it's so niche with some people, like mm-hmm. in pockets. Um, but to go back to like kind of what you're saying about, or go back to uh, your story, you said you uh grew up in South Florida, yeah, or you lived in Broward, yeah. And uh, what age did you move to Orlando? Uh, 96. So, what was that? That was freshman year for me, 96. Okay, and then, and like, what was your uh, I always ask this. What was your thought process before? Had you visit? I mean, visited Orlando before? Irony. This is this is called irony. Yeah, um, we came up for vacation to the parks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, most people. That's that's a recurring theme too. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was like, "Fuck it, we're moving." And yeah. it was like two months later. Well, but just like she's like, "I love it." Just like that. Did she have a job or a job uh, lined up? She was a, she's an RN. Oh, okay. So she can basically you know, yeah work not anywhere, but you have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in like two months, it was goodbye. And you were just like, hell, or were you like, were you all for it? Because most people that we talked to, they were like, they could not I mean, wait to get here. I mean, I'm a kid, so yeah, I can, I can kick a bucket, but it's yeah, yeah, not yeah, going to yeah, change the yeah, fact that exactly. I still need to put boxes in the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but if for me, it was just, I mean, we moved a lot in South Florida anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was a new school every year. And I think my mom was in, in her own kind of self you know, self journey, like looking yeah. for herself. Mm-hmm. And she came here and it, it just, it had the right speed for her. Cause yeah. South Florida can be um, fast and bad. Yeah. Now, so, uh, yeah. South Florida, you said, where was it again? Uh, Dayton Broward. So Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Oh, okay. Like that, like super South. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. So uh, a lot of cities, you know, they're fast mm-hmm. and some, you know, like a Savannah or something like that's really slow. Yeah. 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 That's a good example. Yeah. But, you know, South Florida is fast and bad, and mm-hmm. you can very quickly find yourself like, oh, how do, wait, no, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're in the back of a cop car. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah. my mom was like, oh, Orlando's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. more of like a, you can kind of pick your pace here. Yeah. You can go fast if you want, mm-hmm. um, or you you can kind of go e- slow. So she's into it. Yeah, she liked that vibe, so moved all of us up here. Yeah, and, nice. Um, been here since yeah and so you moved uh here and you know obviously school and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. now we found out recently that uh you're also a huge fan of horror movies yeah now what age were you like kind of like did you really say you kind of like fell in love with that genre um well film was my first love yeah and then i bumped into kubert okay uh well carpenter first and then oh really yeah at what age this was like because back then they used to show like a film on Saturday mornings down south, the channel thirty three, mm-hmm. and they used to show. Uh, sometimes it was like Halloween, sometimes mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and then I didn't 
I would watch films, but I never got into directors. Yeah. I would just, oh, that's, that was good. Mm-hmm. And then once I started getting into directors, then I started to, you know, it was Carpenter first, mm-hmm. um, Clive Barker. Yeah. Because uh, I love the Hellraisers. Those mm-hmm. were like my early, like, loves. Yeah. And I was like, this shit's kind of twisted. Yeah. And then I was like, do I like this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I like this. And then once you get past the film and you start doing your research, that's when you know you're a film nerd. It's like, yeah. you watch it. And yes. then you go into like a deep dive. Of yeah. Like, um, so yeah, it was a uh, Carpenter, Barker, Kubrick. Uh, and then from Kubrick, uh, Wes Craven. Yeah. Burton. Yeah. Just, go, yeah. Going deep down. Went down. And, yeah. And I started to stop looking for films and started looking for directors. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then if, if I like the director, if I like the chef, any concept they open, I'm going to go eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, early on, maybe. Was it? Wait, what, 14, 14. Yeah. What was like? Like distinct memory of like watching a horror movie, and be like this is this scares me. Do you remember anything that like legitimately like you're like I can't sleep or like? Okay, so the the shape, okay, um, of uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, those that don't know. So the shape was something that terrified me for I don't know why. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy all eight. Yeah, I'm gonna watch them back to back. Yeah, didn't sleep for two days. <laughs> <laughs> it was a poor decision on my yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was that was when I knew that I loved the genre because it, it incites so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Because you know, laughing is an emotion and all. Yeah. That. But with with horror, like the tense moments outside of like the campy jump scare films, yeah. mm-hmm. um, like really really tense moments in films, uh, like good quality sound design. Mm-hmm. It was like so much feeling in it. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, there's so much things like for, a, a good one for me where I didn't really realize that. All right, this is something. Even maybe I was like going to stay away from it at like a really young age. Is my dad moved around a lot, like working, um, and my mom and I would go visit him. And one time we went. I had to be ten, eleven, yeah, maybe like around that age. We went to Texas to visit him, yeah. and he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna take you to the movies." Like, okay, and I can't remember even. I can't remember what we watched, yeah. but it was probably you know some fucking action movie. If yeah. I had to guess, Rush Hour or some shit. Yeah, but um. But they played the trailer of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. the one that came out. I think so. This is it's probably was like 2003. Mm-hmm. I think is when that one came out, like the Michael Bay produced one. Yeah, which was okay. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> I mean, like so. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was all right. But you know, I had to be like 12. But that trailer had that that noise of like the camera. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were also in Texas, mm-hmm. and like I I laid in like the hotel bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just staring for like all night, and like, and it was it was like you know a two minute clip. Yeah, you you saw him like you saw his face a little at the end, running yeah. at the camera, and like that was it. And I don't like I said that stuck with me so hard that I don't even remember the movie. Watched afterwards, hey. all I remember was laying there, and and like if I really evaluate it, it's that same thing. It's that that sense of like I wasn't worried that he was going to break into our sure. like our hotel. Sure. It was that thing that just. Made my mind race, made my like my soul. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you felt something. Yeah, exactly. I had that collectors um, back when DVDs were, were the shit. Yeah, I had this huge DVD collection, and I I had the collectors edition of that mm-hmm. uh, that version, and it had like crime air quote crime scene photos. Yeah, um, it had like a ten. Wow. It was it was such like a it was an experience when yeah. you. Had, it opened like three times. Yeah. And it had like the DVD. It had like the behind the scenes. It had the crime scene photos in like a bloody envelope. Yeah. I yeah. was like, hey, yo. Yeah. Like, yeah, he went all out. yeah, he went all out. And like, yeah. he he did like, he did that one. He did Friday the 13th. And uh, which I kind of like the his version of the Friday the 13th one. 
because he like uh you know uh he, he runs around jason yeah. like runs. runs yeah and he like also has all these tunnels that's how he's able to like pop up in front of people that was weird for me man yeah why well, just it made more sense <laughs> that if if a kid survived a drowning and lived in a camp yeah he would like know how to do archery which sure. he does he throws a hatchet yeah you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing kind of made it feel more like more realistic. Yeah, exactly. You see, know? I was a Boys and Girls Club rat. Okay. So I'm like foosball, table tennis, Monopoly, Connect uh, Four. Yeah. Know, like, don't don't try me. Yeah. Because like this is all we did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we were uh, like a church camp yeah. kids. Yeah. Same thing. So like learning the same thing, like you know, ping pong, all that shit was yeah. at church. Have camp. you ever glued somebody's pinky toe to the toe next to their pinky toe at camp? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Was Never? No, you cannot walk. Really? really? You you you're unable. The pinky toe is the smallest toe, but it's yeah. responsible for the most balance. What? Big toe is for direction. Everything else is just traction in either direction. So if you glue the pinky toe to that other toe, yeah. there is zero balance. Jordan, we're eating glue. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, say. That's what I say. I guess we're gonna know what we're gonna do this afternoon, and just to find out. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's really join that the boys and girls club. No, we learned that in camp. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh. Interesting. We did church camps too. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So you're really into filmmaking and horror movies, stuff like yeah. that. Um, and you go through high school. Yeah. And then, and then, so are you thinking at this point, like, I'm going to do this as a career? No, no, man. We, that's a good question. Cause it makes me think about like, we were creating like these, like bootleg short films in the hood. Just like, yeah. Um, we took, <laughs> we took, um, we took Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And made it into a uh, kind of like Laura Croft was in the hood, <laughs> like chasing like crackheads. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Based around the, the game or the, had the movie come out uh, at this point? The game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I vividly remember drawing out the title card mm-hmm. and holding the camera <laughs> and then like doing the dolly shot in on yeah. the title card on the ground. Hilarious. And then just like. And then having like the tape music playing in the background and then doing like the whole thing. Um, and then we did another short film, which featured the the very first in our eyes, the very first gay ninja. Nice. And it was hilarious to us. And we would show it to our parents and all that yeah, stuff. You're a teenager at this point. We're doing all this. Yeah. See, that's what like, uh, I mean, we have a lot more in common than uh, I knew. I also, I was, I was sure I was going to uh, do films of some sort yeah. and like I wanted to act and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got a camera when I was 15 Same. and, um, and I was always the director when holding the cameras mm-hmm. and we did a series called Bob and B.I. videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like we had one of our friends put a tutu on and it would just basically like, it wasn't the hood. It was like in trailers, yeah. like in like shitty broken down trailers. Yeah. We like that, like were abandoned. We'd like shoot these weird videos and one of the guys would wear a mask. And like we'd like put candles in the guy's butt and like try to create this whole story arc. It was the same thing. And then like, but that's how it starts, you know. What I mean? Yeah, and then we'd like watch it back and and like, dude, if we found those now, it'd be cringeworthy. Like, have you watched any of yours? No, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, man, if I could just find one of those, like, I would just love. I w- I'll watch like some of my old like YouTube films mm-hmm. or old weddings and stuff like that. Um, but I want to watch like some of the OG, like, yeah. Some of well, ours were on the uh, those the. Not VHS is the ones that fit inside the VHS that you put in. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was like a little, like it was like a, it was almost looked like a cassette. Right. Right. And it was like, it fit. Oh yeah. We had a certain uh, VHS tape. That had the, the long one. In yeah. The that you, wow. yeah. Oh, and you put it in there and yeah. you like would go like that. And that's what I always like. No, that's what my camera was like full body. Oh yeah. Like 
<laughs> big cassette tape. Yeah. So we would go to like thrift stores and just buy cassette tapes and just like film yeah, over them. Film over them, it's like yeah. that. And it, we had like a small crew. So in scenes where, uh, and it, it, I think it attributed to like being able to screen right early. Mm-hmm. If you have a limited cast and a limited crew, yeah. but you need to film certain things, people will have to die in a certain order yeah. because now that you're dead, you are a cameraman. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was like early, like learning about screenwriting and and um, story arcs and stuff. You see, like that's that. I mean, that's way more extensive than I was at that age. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I ended up going to film school in like my twenties, mm-hmm. early twenties, and then because then I was like full fledged into writing, like you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But before that, like, dude, it was just a free form improv. Where we, yeah, yeah, we were just like. <laughs> Hey, like, hey, I'm gonna record you guys, and we're just gonna do these wild story arcs or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but, ours yeah. was ours was like that as well. It was just like a little bit of direction in the beginning. This mm-hmm. scene is about boom. We didn't have any yeah. storyboards or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like this scene is about this, and then this is your motivation. Yeah, yeah. I probably wasn't even saying action. I was just like go. Yeah, go. Because if I say action, they'd be like, hmm? yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it <laughs> means go. Yeah, you're wasting my VHS <laughs> yeah. tape. I just bought at a thrift store. Yeah, because it was like you know record. And then rewind dailies, look at it. And, uh, then you have to, if you rewind too far, yeah, you know, because everything's one take. Mm-hmm. If you rewind too far, yeah. you're cutting into that last scene. Yeah, exactly. So it was like sometimes it'll be a scene and then a split second of the yeah, yeah. Of a take and then the next <laughs> yeah. scene. But it was, you know. So um, you're shooting on this way, like I said. So after high school, what was your, what did you do after that? Did you go to college? Um, did you try to go to film school? Like, Yeah, I went to... Uh, I was a magnet art student all through middle school, high school. Uh, I wanted to do like commercial art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I fell in love with like advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, <clears throat> FMU, mm-hmm. which was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's Everest now. Um, two middle fingers to them. Okay. Because, right on. Uh, I find out that they're not nationally accredited yep. during that time. Mm-hmm. I was limited to the Carolinas and Dow. When I had I had LA dreams, I had DC mm. dreams, mm. you know, I had these big dreams. <clears throat> so after that heartbreak, um, you know, I worked at Boston Market for the next eight years of my life. Whoa! <laughs> because it was like I didn't I did I, whatever you said after Boston Market, I wasn't gonna <laughs> guess eight years. That was not my uh... yeah. I worked at Boston Markets for like a long time. And it, were you doing any sort of writing or shooting or anything like that? Oh man, my 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 bubble was popped. Mm. Um, and you know, I was still my brother and I were doing music, and um, it was Christian hip hop at the time. Oh really? Um, Christian we, hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> and we were touring and uh, with this with this collective, and still kind of shooting videos. That's when the flip camera had just came out. Okay, yeah, uh, and it was like HD in your pocket. Yeah. Um. So we were doing like recap videos and stuff like that. So I was still making, you know, still making film. The passion just kind of dipped because my, you know, my trajectory had to shift. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you know, well, I, what was that? I mean, eight years is a long time to be yeah. at any job, even if you, even if you love it. Like a sentence. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like, so at what? I mean, there had to be a turning point. What was the turning point like in that eight, like the back end of that eight years, where you're like? So there was this manager that clearly had a crush on me. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm arrogant, but <laughs> we uh, believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were on good terms, I would get 40, 50 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were on bad terms, I would get eight hours over four days. Oh shit. Um, so it was like, yeah. And if you can, you can imagine how much of a waste of time that was yeah. in life. Um, so I was showing some, you know, I was, I did a music video for some people and I was showing it to some of the other, you know, employees and she came over and she like 
snatched the chili. Let me see this. And then she watched it. Um, and then she gave it to me. She gave it back to me. And she goes, you know, I look at this and I wonder what you're doing here. And she hates me. She yeah. really hates me. But she said that and gave me my phone back and said, we need mashed potatoes on the line. Oh, shit. Um, but but she said that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it kind I kind of like autopilot walked back to the back like, what am I doing here? Um, and then, you know, I kept working there. And then one day she did the six hours over three days thing. Uh, and I was like, man, fuck this. And I just kind of like walked out, deliberately walked out the back door because the alarm has to go off on the back door and it costs $300 every time that alarm goes off on accident. My man. So hold that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I um, walked out. I didn't really have a plan. You know, I just knew that I had a few clients who I started doing marketing for, um, started doing some recap videos. So you had kind of already kind of dipped your toe a little back, back into it. Yeah, somewhat I, n- I never got out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a passion, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can try to avoid your passions as long as you can, but, It'll, it'll hunt you down. Yeah, for sure. So I was still dibbling and dabbling in it. Um, so after that, it was maybe another couple of years of couch surfing. You know yeah. what I mean? Were you like kind of doing any freelancing stuff or like? Yeah, but uh, I didn't. I didn't know my my worth or my value back then. Yeah. So I was charging minuscule prices. And yeah. Just enough to get the gig, but then once I got paid, that money was like gone immediately. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. between like phone bill and finally giving somebody money. Yeah, um, because I've been sleeping on that couch yeah. <laughs> for the however long and not making money. But how old are you at this point? Like, uh, so it's eight years. So you're probably like what in your late twenties or, or yeah, it's like late twenties. Yeah, um, and then I started my first business when I was thirty. Uh, I'm forty. Yoga. Yeah, okay. um, I would never guess forty. Yeah. Um, I would so, guess like 30, 38. No, I'm just roughly, roughly <laughs> yeah, in that range. No, no, you, you look great. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, I started my first real business. Uh, at 30, it was called 17 Media. 17 was my favorite number. Okay, yeah. Oh, that was actually in my questions of why. I mean, we just, I was like, we were talking about it. I was like, Studio 17. I feel like. seventeen. Yeah, I was going to say like, I was like, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's something that he's going to be like, because it's, because this, that's the address or something like that. But (laughs) but that's your favorite number that. Well, uh, I mean, seven biblically is perfection and the one in front of it. uh, Every day strive to be one step closer to perfection. Okay. Yeah. See, that's, that's all. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what seventeen was also basketball number. So ah, uh, yeah, right kind of like, yeah, I was gonna ask if that was your number. Yeah, <laughs> it all kind of like worked together. Yeah. Um, and then what ended up happening throughout life, I kept seeing the number seventeen. Oh yeah. It was like a oh, super weird thing, and my brother would point it out. He'd be like, 17 I'm like, what does this mean, God? Mm-hmm. What is? What yeah. are you trying to show me? Um, and it was this. You know, what I mean, it was uh, pursuing the thing that drives you, that wakes you up every morning, uh, until you know, you either fall flat on your face and get up, fall flat again and get up, fall flat again and get up, or you just die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they fall flat a, a few times and they think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Edison went through a thousand iterations of the light, yep. light bulb. He failed a thousand times Yep. before we actually got a light bulb. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and after that, it was even more failures. Um, so, you know, I, I slept on a bunch of couches Got a couple big breaks. Started doing weddings. Started charging three, four thousand. So that first business, what was that based? Was that the uh, same thing? Yeah, you know, the wedding. Was that? I mean, like, what was that? That um, first iteration of the seventeen photo video graphics. Okay, yeah. Um, and you basically, I mean, you said you did do some uh, like art school or whatever, yeah. but so you're ba- but at this point you're basically teaching yourself. Mm-hmm. Would you, wouldn't you say that with like especially as like the age progressed into yeah. new uh, you know like video and like editing software and all that kind of stuff? YouTube University, man. Um, 
if you want to learn it, it's right there. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I struggled with was were the terms, mm-hmm. the industry terms. So I can say, okay, what is double exposure? What is the thing when the picture is inside the other picture? Mm-hmm. And then you Google it and it's, double, it's called double exposure. Yeah. Now you deep dive into double exposure. Um, but yeah, self-taught. Uh, I actually have a playlist from when I first started YouTube till now. So I have videos from like 2010. Nice. And then when, when we get new like interns, uh, I say, hey, take this playlist. Some of it you're going to need right now. Some of it you won't need till later. But I guarantee you everything in here is valuable. Yeah. And it's going to help you at some point in your career. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm just nostalgic. I like to keep shit. Um, so I have that, that playlist. And I still, I'm still adding to it. Like, today, yeah. you know, one day it'll be like this archive of like how to be an entrepreneur. Do yeah. See, do you see a drastic progression from like your first one to now or? Uh, in the quality of YouTube yeah. Uh, videos, yeah, uh, I think and evolved. I think they're more condensed now <clears throat> because attention spans are true. That fast. Yeah, so a lot of videos back then are like twenty, twenty-five minutes. Yeah, nowadays it's like seven minutes. It's like, yo, how do I change this? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be three minutes. I don't need two minutes of you building up to why I need this, how it's affected. Mm-hmm. Get to the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So now videos are like ping, ping, you know, yeah. really quick, and then. We have to be the same when we're creating content for podcasters or business owners. Mm-hmm. Get to the point, give them what they need, send them on their way. Man, that's, uh, I mean, it's such an inspirational story to go from, like you said, eight years of Boston Market and then to be like, to, you know, even like, even the things of like seeing the 17 and knowing, knowing the progression of like, I'm going to strive to get better. Mm-hmm. And that point of you're like, it, it is time to get better. And there's yeah. that turning point where you're like, I'm fuck it. I'm going to build my own business. I'm going to teach myself. I'm going to, like I said, Failure. I mean, goddamn, I've had so many failures in my entire life that like as far as like paintings or, you know, even writing or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. just the idea of like the idea of seeing that and not getting discouraged by the failure and trying to learn from it. Yeah. And there's so much of that that you even every aspect of life, whether, you know, even if it's not even if it's, you know, something as critical as like finances or, you know, like, you know, something like that. So it's so inspirational here. Um, So after that first business as it's growing, I mean, there had to be a point where, like you said, you started making, you know, good money. Mm-hmm. There had to be more a uh, point where you're like, it had to be like, like almost like an out of body experience to be like, I was from here to there. Yeah. Did you have that moment where you're like, all right, this I mean, this thing is growing. I am getting better. Yeah, I still have that today, man. Um, it's it's when you watch like a biographical like documentary or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, to us now, like the end of their career, to us, they're like this person. Mm-hmm. But then when you're watching their biographies and then you're watching like their peers, uh, like Basquiat is a big inspiration. Yes. Mm-hmm. But during his life, he's just living. Yeah, I'm reading his documentary. I just started reading his documentary. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's just living his life, mm-hmm. you know, but he he just never really gave up. Mm-hmm. So when I watch a document, a biography, it's like these people don't know. Yeah. Like you don't know your Johnny Cash. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? yeah. You just know that I love music. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep making music. And whatever happens, happens. Um, and I think that's a lesson that we should take is, you know, all every day of our lives, we're working towards being in a position where somebody's going to be like, yo, that's Jordan Jones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it takes time. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that was the str- that was the, the biggest struggle I've had to learn. Yeah. Is like, you know, even to, you know, like put myself out, out there, like I have been conceited enough. And like when I started off to be like, why don't I? Why am I not here? Or yeah. why am I good there? And it's because I didn't deserve it. I hadn't earned it. I haven't worked the you know worked the steps to get to it. Mm-hmm. And now it's more or less. It goes back to what you said at the beginning. And now it's more or less. I'm in the mindset of I'm gonna put my head down. I'm gonna pour everything I, I can into a mm-hmm. canvas or concept or whatever. 
And then I'm going to either keep it back, try to sell it, promote it, whatever. But like, this is where it starts. Yeah. The work of putting it out there and putting it down and the love of the passion of what you love doing is where it starts. It doesn't start with, why can't you give me this and then I'll do this. Yeah. It, it starts with the work and the passion. Yeah, you build your own, you build your own platform. And I think a lot of people, they wait again to that quote. It's like, you know, you can ride the wave or you can provide the wave. Uh, and I think a lot of people wait until they get approval from a certain crowd or a certain yes. person before they decide that I'm great and I'm dope mm-hmm. at this. Yeah. Um, and what I love, I have a, a Basquiat tattoo right here. Yeah. And there's literally maybe 25 other crowns just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all around the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I love about him is uh, during a time when everybody was so concerned about being anatomically correct and it was it was the birthing time of like pop art. Yeah. You know, you had... Uh, you had Andy Warhol, yeah. you had Keith Haring, like you had that whole Brooklyn kind of com- you know, community yeah. when everybody was just like, I'm going to do what I think is dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and then if you think it's dope, yeah. cool. If you don't think it's dope, then it's not for you. Yes. Because Keith was just making these like yeah. get, like glyphs and it was like, I mean, I get, okay. Yeah. And then boom, it becomes a thing. Yes. And the same thing with Basquiat, like. All of his work is super abstract. And yeah, it's, it's a combination yeah. of like text and sometimes, oh, is that a cow? Maybe. I don't know. It exists only through his like his viewpoint. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it can only that style, especially like or like I mean, maybe people try to, you know, mimic it and recreate it now. Mm-hmm. But like especially like you can tell his his is that type of artist where you are seeing the mindset of the artist on the canvas. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's not there would never have been, you know, someone else that could create that. That's what I love so much about art and all that kind of stuff. Is like sometimes you can literally see this is that person on a canvas or their thought or whatever they're trying to put yeah, out. You know I mean? And I love people who lean into their design style and their aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh I I love people who have like their when you see it, you know it's them. Yes. Like you you know Boy Kong's color palette. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally the same four colors. Mm-hmm. It might be a different design, but you know the color palette. You know what I mean. So I love people who, who own their shit. This is mine. Um, put their head down, work on it. Yeah. And then present it to the world. If the world loves it, cool. If they don't, they're not ready for it. Yeah. You just go back and just keep working. Exactly. Um, and that's such a that's it's like I'm just now getting to that stage to think because it's such a hard lesson to learn, especially whether you know you're because you're a youth or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. Um, such a hard lesson to learn to be okay with people like certain people not liking it. Yeah, because you want like especially as any any sort of artist. Like even if you think uh, you know uh, you know a comedian's an artist or anybody that creates even like a spoken word or whatever, mm-hmm. you want everyone to be able to be like that's good. Yeah, but that's just not how art works. And like it takes a long time to be okay with that. And it, or or I get, can't really speak for anyone else, but it's taken a long time for me to be okay with that. Yeah, for me not to constantly seek validation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that just probably says more about my own soul than anyone else's but yeah i mean but, but we also i mean there's a, there's a thin line between acknowledgement and validation yeah um we want to be acknowledged by our peers mm-hmm. and i think for me uh i value the opinions of my peers mm-hmm. more than i value the opinions of you know other people yeah because if you have not experienced what i've experienced or gone through what i've gone through the yeah. 10,000 hours to be here yep then you're not qualified to give me any type of criticism that would penetrate the time that it took me to get here. Yes. But if you are a, you know, a fellow marketer or a fellow business owner who's been, you know, 10 years in the game and then you say, hey, you know, I think you should do this different. I'll consider it yes. more. I'm still very much my head down in, I'm in yeah. my lane, but some people have more leverage as far as consideration 
it's not going to make me change. It's, it's not because I'm stubborn. It's because, you know, I stack these bricks. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, I dug this mulch, like this moat. I, I built this fucking bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I built the chains. And when the bridge is up, the bridge is up. Like, yeah. Nobody can come in. Exactly. Um, but if I, if I welcome you into, you know, what I've built for myself, you know, be respectful, <laughs> first off. And then secondly, if you're going to present something, you need to have an equal castle. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a great way to look because at it. Yeah. I, I'll look over there and be like, yeah, you, okay. So, you have a tent. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. And I'll never judge somebody for having a tent. Yeah, exactly. I came from a tent. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I came from a fireplace and fucking loincloth on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've come from that. But at the same time, uh, I respect their journey because I know if, you know, if you keep going uh, and you don't let, you don't confuse validation with acknowledgement, then you'll get to where you want to be and you'll yeah. stack your bricks too. That's a man. That's, that's so inspiring and great to hear, especially anybody that out there that's looking to start a business or any, any sort of yeah. thing. It doesn't have to be a business, any sort of like, that's a, just a great way to live going forward in life. Yeah. You know? Um, so I kind of go back, uh, we got off track. So you are, you're doing your thing, doing wedding photography, stuff like mm-hmm. that. When did you decide that podcast was the, what you're going to lean into? So along the lines of, you know, telling the Orlando story. Uh, I'm I'm a super fascinated with subcultures. So when we when we were doing the um, Orlando, because we went from weddings to being a television network. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you have this spot when you were a television network? Negative. Okay. Um, television network. We were downtown. You probably seen a building across from Lake Yola. It's like a glass building. Okay. Yeah. There's two of them. Okay. Um, so we were there, uh, and along the lines of uh, subcultures, I was like. You know, what if we took the model of, you know, different shows about Orlando and create mm-hmm. different podcasts about Orlando? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, just another medium of communication. Mm-hmm. So we had like Tech Juice, which is about tech in Orlando. We had The Look, um, which was about fashion in Orlando. And I just took the same model, new host. Well, what, sorry to cut you off, but what was the, like, what, like, what was your first iteration of a podcast or introduction to podcasts? What, what did you listen to at the early stages and you realized, yeah. oh, I mean, because... It's such a, I mean, because for so long, radio is king. Mm-hmm. And for like, you know, even up to like, I don't know, six years, seven years ago, yeah. you'd ask like my parents or even myself you know, like included. Someone was like, hey, uh, you know, what's a podcast? Yeah. Like you would have, it was such a loose, weird thing where you're like, oh, it's a radio show. And it's like, always been around too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, so there had to be, what was your kind of first like uh, introduction into that? Uh, let's see. I was. In my constant um, self-improvement kind of a routine, I was like, I need to figure out a way to do do things and still feed my mind. Mm-hmm. And until the, up until then, I was just an avid reader. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, you know, audiobooks mm-hmm. from audiobooks. Oh, this author, in the same way I was into directors, is like this author has an audiobook, has a podcast mm-hmm. where he talks about the topic often. So. That was my first kind of, oh, let me start listening to podcasts. And I was like, wait, there's more podcasts like mm-hmm. this? And then I started to build a list that way. Uh, we were in D.C. And I don't know, one day the bug bit me. It's like, you should do different podcasts about Orlando mm-hmm. in the same way you do different films about Orlando. And I pitched it to PBS. And PBS was like, what is a podcast? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, never mind. Yeah. We'll just do it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... You know, we were doing that for a while, and then uh, somebody saw us on Instagram. Was like, "Hey, you know, uh, can I rent your podcast studio?" Because uh, we had a podcast studio downtown, mm-hmm. but it was just for us. You know what I mean? And I was like, uh, "I don't know, sure, maybe." <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, "Yeah, how much?" I was like, 
I don't know. Yeah. And then it just kind of like started from there. And I started to um, learn uh, what it takes to make this process easy for people Mm -hmm. Um, versus because back then it was just they don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, we had to literally like sit through it. So uh, I'm a systems guy. Mm -hmm. So just built the system out. And then from there. Uh, we got another place over here off of Edgewater and uh, not Edgewater, off of uh, Silver Star. We were there for two years or so. And then that's when it really kind of became a thing. We built yeah. out the space and then we moved here maybe like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, continuing yeah. the process. And interesting thing about the space design, I treat it like um, a television show. Yeah. So... Each space is a season. Mm-hmm. Each iteration of the design of the space is an episode. Oh, okay. So this is our third space. Yeah. So this is season three. Yeah. Episode one of uh, this design. Cool. Nice. So maybe it's good to look at it. Summertime. Yeah. I'll do episode two where I'll literally tear it down. Oh yeah, nice. Paint might do some like wild shit and then put it back up and it's a new season. That's awesome, man. And it just kind of keeps. Keeps fresh. It keeps you fresh. That's awesome. And like, just uh, go back with what you're saying, like the systems and teaching people. Just from a, you know, I'll say just from our perspective, you're fantastic at it. Oh, thank yeah. you. You've made this, even this concept of what we wanted to do. I mean, kind of back to like, we were just, we have all these friends that are doing all this cool shit. And there's a lot of other people that we'd like to know that are doing cool things around Orlando. And like, like there's so many, like, like to go back to what we said earlier, is like so little like uh, communication of people. You tell someone like, hey, have you checked out this place? And they're like, never even heard of it yeah so there's so many of that in orlando so we kind of wanted to create a podcast that kind of kind of introduce introduce you to people that are doing cool things yeah. um and, and you can hear their stories and like uh you know kind of get to know them and uh all that kind of stuff so when we came up with the concept we were like well i don't even we didn't even know where to begin mm-hmm. we didn't know what we were doing like we were we were, we were at that time living in a tiny shoebox of an apartment we can't do it here we got to mm-hmm. A puppy, I like all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, from the first time sitting down with you in here and like discussing with you, like what we wanted to do and like the, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you kind of going over how it works and like the website and all that kind of stuff has been like the easiest thing for Like I'm a guy that, you know, has done, I've tried to, I've tried to, you know, I have written, you know, screenplays or mm-hmm. like tried to, went to film school, like mm-hmm. started painting, like uh, tried to write a book, like all this kind of, I'm a very like, if I'm interested in it, I'm going to do it. Woodworking. Yeah, exactly. Woodworking, whatever. Like I'm going to do it. You know, all the, anything that you start fresh, like anybody would know, it's like, there's always those training wheels of trying to get into that rhythm or get into like feeling comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah. And you have made that effortless for this, this process. And so, I mean, anyone, you know, looking to start a podcast, Mm -hmm. whatever, I would highly recommend coming here. Um, I mean, cause, cause that's also something I was curious. I'm clip that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, clip it all you want. Um, but that's also like what I was to ask you about is like, now you go from a world where podcasts started, mm-hmm. you decided that you want to get into that market mm-hmm. to a world now where would you call it oversaturation of podcasts? Like now you're in a world where you're now like competing against, I think it's something crazy. I think I heard recently on Joe Rogan, something like, 580,000 or something that it might even be more than that, but I think it was something around that number. Mm-hmm. So you're like now in this market of like oversaturation and the yeah, idea of yeah. trying to stand out and trying to, you know, groom what will be popular. Mm-hmm. Do you ever consider that? Yeah. Uh, that's great. That's a great perspective. I'm conditioned to put my head down and work and grind. Um, so 
Uh, yeah, it is. It is oversaturation. I think we're at a really, uh, really high point when it comes to podcasting. And for a lot of people who are thinking about starting, it's like uh, they're already like fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I challenge those people to, um, if you think your idea doesn't have room to grow or be like a thing, just go to a grocery store and walk down the fucking bread aisle. Yeah. And just stand there. That's a good, that's, yeah, that's a very, that's a good and analogy. Yeah. If you sit there and you look at the bread aisle, it's eight rows of bread mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are more, there's more bread company and there are more bread companies coming down the line. So just be bread, you know, just, just be a, your own type of bread and push your ideas out there. Put your head down and just work on your art. And then it'll find its audience, whether now or later. But a lot of times people think this, you know, overnight success of like a Joe Rogan or, yeah. you know, whatever's going on with Joe Budden podcast. But these people are four or 500 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before they even I think get he, to I this think, point. I think Joe Rogan's like like 1,200 or something right. insane. Yeah. So we only see the 20 or 30 episodes that we came in at yeah. mm-hmm. and then think like, oh, there's no way I can do this. No, man. It's like. You got to build this shit a brick at a time, literally yep. a brick at a time, mm-hmm. uh, and then you'll you'll hit success. And then once you hit, once you hit, you know, mainstream or whatever that that is for you, then the floodgates kind of open. But you got to already be putting that work in. So in 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 our context, I just put my head down, I pay attention to what's going on, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, uh, I focus on creating a space that is unique. You know, yeah. uh, even if. There are 30 podcast studios in Orlando, uh, and none of them look like this, and none of them are going to feel like this. How many is there? There's only like a couple, right? There's like oh, three. No, it's like, is there a lot? It's maybe six. Yeah. Six or seven. We don't have to say their names. No, we don't. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I, I refuse to do the radio station yeah. setup table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I refuse to do that because it's not where you came up with the idea for your podcast. You mm-hmm. were sitting at a table with microphones. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting in the living room, you're sitting at a bar, lounge area. So I want to recreate that. So the transition from, hey, let's start a podcast to, hey, we're recording a podcast doesn't feel like this stark yes. difference. Mm-hmm. It's a smoother transition. Uh, and then you can just sit and just and just chat and be comfortable. Yeah. Versus, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm at a radio station. I have to enunciate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> limit my curse words. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I pay attention to the market and I tell mm-hmm. people I visit the culture. I never stay in the culture mm-hmm. i pick my head up visit you know what are mm-hmm. my relationships that's fantastic put yeah. my head back down get back to work that's a great way to look at it do you think that you'll ever uh, go into video because uh, yeah, i know you had talked about it before yeah I, i'm a, and i think we share that i'm a, i'm a, a stickler or or whatever term you want to use anal if it if it if it can't be done with high quality mm-hmm. and and it's easy for my guys and for you guys, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can I can get an A7R3 set yeah. it up here, and then you know put track lighting up, and but then my guys are like, I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, what is this ISO thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then if you're not an editor, I hand you 4K footage. You're like, dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. So until I can develop systems that I can hand you, mm-hmm. and then hand my guys. I'm I'm not comfortable with putting video in the space. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, interesting. I mean, that's uh, I mean that, I mean that's you don't want to put anything half-ass out there, especially no. with your name on it, especially something that you like you said you built brick by brick to get to a level. 
We don't want to be it like presents so many yeah. problems. Yeah, because it goes from being easy mm-hmm. to now you have like this this whole other thing to do. Because how many podcasts do you have here now? Uh, sixteen. It's insane. So like, then you add sixteen layers of video, an hour a week, and maybe two percent of those people have ever used iMovie or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like customer service is blown up. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I edit? Yeah. So if I if I'm able to say record like a you know screen cap hey here's how you edit here's how you add this here if i if i'm able to do that then i'll add video um until then i can put the highest quality camera in here yeah and then it'll be the biggest headache you'll have video yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then they're like hey how do i take the audio that y'all edited and yeah. connect it to the video yeah exactly hey the voices aren't synced how do i sync the it just yeah. turns into like this big thing so mm-hmm. i need to yeah, I'm I got on you. That now. I'm working on the manual. Gotcha. I understand. But like I said, um, so got a couple more minutes left. Mm-hmm. I'd be, uh, you know, if we already kind of touched base on horror movies. Yeah. What is like, uh, we, you asked me the other day what one, what movie I felt I really enjoyed in you know past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And my answer was Midsommar because yeah. it touches on those like, cause no, like movies nowadays. As an adult, like I've seen so much horrific shit. Yeah. Like, cause the internet or like, mm-hmm. just you know where I grew up. We're just like you know, I've heard everything that you can ever hear. You know, coming out of anybody's mouth. So it's just like, I, I almost am not phased by a lot of things. Yeah. Nowadays. Same. Numb to it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's hard for me, especially you know, Kendra can say the same thing. I mean, it's the same thing for her. Well, I was just thinking the first movie or the the movie that scared us the most was Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. Midsommar. And that was so long ago. Yeah. yeah. We were also still really young, but it was like we were just getting married and like it was just, and it was just that idea of like there's a lot of foreground shots mm-hmm. of like you don't see them. You have to really be paying attention. Yeah. And like these people are just generally just doing it. like the, the idea of like someone not having a motive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like because that shit is real. Like people yeah. like. Like, you know, that does feel more realistic. You know, the idea of someone's like, uh, you know, I'm just going to you because, you know, it's just because you're home. Because you're home, yeah. yeah. I mean, because like. I love the, that. I mean, yeah. I love that. Have you seen um, Killing of a Sacred Deer? No. Please do. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's weird because. Uh, how do I explain it? It's so cerebral. Mm-hmm. Because what you're hearing and what you're seeing don't line up yeah in a way it's kind of like lovecraft's writing if you, yeah if you yes read lovecraft mm-hmm. it's like watch it it's got um who is it Not colin. yeah it's colin farrell okay yeah yeah um, i think I, i've heard i heard of it yeah it is wild killing yeah. of sacred deer um under the skin have you seen that no under the skin charlie staring oh, okay yeah okay yeah it's insane um Killing Sacred Deer. You said Hereditary too is on your list. Hereditary, yeah, which is probably my favorite that's come out. Yeah, I yeah, Midsummer is the same director, but it's like yeah. the uh, just that the eerie silence of being like uncomfortable, yeah. like making you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what's really good. And like you said, the idea of drawing emotions out of someone. Like I told our guest last week, he was asking me about how people you know react to paintings, like what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've gotten to a point where like. If you hated my painting, mm-hmm. like not that you like disliked or saw whatever, but if you hate it, like something about it, like made you be like, oh, this just makes me angry or yeah. whatever. I'm okay with it. Fantastic. If it made you feel something, yeah, that's all I care about. It's because so many, like I said, so like, I think so many people, whether they want to admit it or not, are numb to everything. Cause mm-hmm. the, the social media and like how you, uh, how you view things is like such a quick pace. Mm-hmm. The moment, if you can stop and watch something or view something, listen to something. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, just that that person that created that 
put that emotion into your body, like basically like incepted that thought process into yeah. your body. That is like, that's a win for me. Absolutely. So, so Kanye horror movies that. do a great job. I think that, yeah. Yeah. Kanye said that. It's like, whether you love or hate, yeah, at least you feel something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like horror movies is just, I mean, I'm looking forward to a quiet place too. Yes. Yeah. Quiet place. Too. Uh, what else is, uh, Oh, the Conjuring comes out here. Yes, yeah, the new Conjuring. That's my favorite universe to come out. Yes, that's I, a good one. I, not, I mean, I, the offshoots, Annabelle's, and yeah, and they they were they were campy as shit. Yeah, okay, let's get back to it. I mean, these are just yeah. fillers. But um, Conjuring, I I love love. Yeah, love. the first one's yeah like amazing. Really yeah. yeah, I love the Conjuring. I think it's it's super great. Um, did you watch uh, Army of the Dead? I did. What'd you think? I watched it twice. Yeah. And I and people on social media think I hate everything and think I'm such a Yeah. But I loved it, man. It's it it's so it smelt like a cinematic universe in there. <clears throat> yes. Well, I was I I've been raving about it. Or not raving, but I've been telling people about it to watch it. It's a heist movie inside of a zombie movie. I love heist Which films. Is great. Too. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> it even goes down to the get the crew together yeah. classic heist scene. You know what I mean? Like only thing they didn't do was like the guy Ritchie name coming Yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly. Freeze frame. That's the yeah. only thing they yeah. didn't do. And it's shot and the way it's shot, it felt like a blend between a video game yeah. and like a graphic novel. The crazy depth of field was Yeah. Like, and it's also like the his highlighting of like certain colors. Yeah. That kind of had it like had that sheen like of almost like you ever watched uh, Love Death Robots. Yeah. So you know how like some of those like are so in that uncanny valley where yeah. you're like uh, it's like is this real is it not? I feel like Army of Dead was some of that. Well, I feel like I mean, that. there's there's so many Easter eggs in it. Yeah. There are spaceships in the beginning. Then you have. Oh, are they? I didn't even. Like, we gotta. Yeah, we have to watch oh, it again. Watch it again. Yeah. Like, right in the beginning when they're spoiler alert um, when they're leaving the convoy. Yeah. Um, it's two spaceships. Oh, okay. One of the soldiers turn around, and then you see the spaceships in the sky. They just like light, and they go fum fum, and they both fly away. Oh, um, they're robot zombies. Yeah. Oh, yes, I saw that. You, you were like shooting yeah. me. Yeah. Those are planted by the government. Yeah. Um, to to basically keep an eye on mm-hmm. because essentially Zeus and his bride they're not they're not zombies. Yeah. They're actually like living beings. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Produced and his hair yeah. grew. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His hair grew. Yeah. So. You know, they're actually gods yeah. inside of that like kingdom and yeah. everybody else's. It's a lot to it. And then the whole time loop thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching. I was like, this smells like a universe. Yeah. <laughs> this smells like, and then he's, I think it's three more pieces coming. Ah, uh, okay. Outside the only it. thing w- that I was thinking we'll say about this, only thing um, I was, felt like it was kind of, it maybe was, I don't know if it was a misstep or there was a, a layer in there that was on purpose was, Every single other person that got bitten, whether mm-hmm. it's Dave Batista or whoever, mm-hmm. there was a uh, there's a turn where they transformed it within minutes. Yeah, but uh, the guy that like spoiler alert again, the man Omega. that sur- yeah he he survives, but there was like basically like a whole day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you just rewind it just a little bit, um, a you just walked out into a nuclear fallout and you just yeah. you're yeah. just okay. Yeah. Um. So they were saying uh, a lot of theories. I don't know if you're a redditor or not. No. Um, but you know, Zeus was the alpha. Yeah. And then he's the omega. Oh, uh, okay. which is gonna now carry the newest strain of yeah, okay, into yeah. Mexico City. Yeah. Which is why, you know, when they fought, it was, you know, 
it was respect there. Yeah. Because he realized that. But he whipped the shit out of him. Which he is, still whipped well, like, there's still that mo- part where like we where you get the semblance that he's like the way he's cracking his body and stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a good fight, and then you're like, and then, no. oh, wow. yeah. But Dave Batista, his little fight scene, like, dude, you can tell that the guy moves. I, he's, I love him, man, and he's he's, he's, he's said, such a good actor too. He like, said he's done with Guardians. Yeah, oh, man, I know. Really? It's, uh, yeah. yeah, he said he's done with Guardians. But, but he's like, I loved him in Blade Runner, even yeah. his small beat. Like he's a great like. A great actor, like he has that layer of like emotion. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. like I don't think The Rock has that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rock is very polished. Yeah, he's basically playing himself. He's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, exactly. With, with the better eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, one of the funny, like I don't know why it was so hilarious. Um, when she was in the helicopter, she's like, "Was that a zombie in a fucking cave?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I died. Yeah, it was a Tig Notaro. Yeah, yeah, that's a comedian. I, yeah, I rewound that part like three times. Yeah. Cause she was so concerned. She's like, was that a zombie in a fucking cake? Hey, yeah. And he realized he does have a cake. Hey, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was it's such a good movie. You haven't seen it. I highly yeah, recommend yeah. it. I watched it like twice and I was very shocked that I watched it twice. Yeah, we might watch it again yeah. and check it out. <laughs> um, but so uh as we end all these podcasts, you uh have a uh, Orlando recommendation. Yeah. Um uh, Hen House. Okay. On Wall Street. Okay. The irony of me suggesting Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, Hen House is it's the world's smallest bordello. Okay. Uh, and Joey, really cool guy, wears a top hat and a vest and a gold grill. Nice. Um, one of the coolest guys. Uh, and he does. He has an amazing apple moonshine shots that'll have you on your ass. Nice. And and he plays whatever you want him. To, not whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to troll somebody. Um, bring someone and have them ask him to play Drake and he will kick them out. Nice. That's <laughs> it's, awesome. It's hilarious. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorite spots. Uh, In-house. Yeah. Cleo's, um, strongest drinks in Orlando, even stronger than Wally's, believe it or not. Wally's has changed now that they under new measure. The old Wally's. Oh, old Wally's is like 80-20. Yeah, that was, that was the first bar that anybody ever took us during the day at like two. Yeah. And then you walk out of there and you're like, yeah, <laughs> like, like it's still daylight outside and Man, shit. I'm like, is there something wrong with the liquor? Is the liquor on sale? Yeah, like well, I'd heard a little rumor, whether it's true or not, that they were buying at wholesale, which you're not allowed to do if you own a bar. But that's 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 what that's I heard. That's what I heard allegedly. Yeah, exactly. I'm putting that out there. New you know, but it's a new new management. So yeah, yeah, yeah but Cleo's is like super strong drinks. Yes, yeah, two for one. I go Cleo's, then I go to um, Joey's. Yeah, then I go to Bullet Bar. Get real ratchet. Nice. Um, but yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. Hen House, check it out. Mm-hmm. Once again, I cannot thank you enough yes. um, for okay. everything you've done. It's been dope, like yeah. whether whether this is going to be our last episode in here or not. Um, I hope we still can communicate. I can still ask you anything, uh, any, any uh, you know, advice or whatever, because you seem like a you know a bucket full, of, or maybe <laughs> not even a bucket, like maybe like a wells full of knowledge <laughs> is probably a better analogy yeah. for anything, marketing, whatever. Yeah. If I ever got back into writing, yeah. screenplays, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I think- You should I, consider um, audio dramas. Audio dramas? Mm-hmm. Well, you said H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft. I did write a whole like um, uh, anthology based yeah. around short short clips of his book mm. or of his books. But yeah. But yeah. Audio drama, so check it, it out. It would be it would be a lot easier than shooting film. Mm-hmm. You just find some people who have cool voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you just add some sound design. I do have a lot of short stories and stuff written down. And but then, yeah. if they yeah. can just read a script and not sound like they're reading, yeah, you can tell some really impactful stories really quick. Cool. Well, add it to my uh, things. <laughs> things of do uh, things I'm already about to do. Um, <laughs> but as always, uh, check out uh, artist Jordan C. Jones. Um, I have. 
a event coming up uh, at VillaCon uh, out on iDrive, June 25th, 26th, it's Saturday, uh, 12 to 8. I don't know what to kind of turn out to be. I'm going to create a bunch of weird shit. Usually I, I practice some sort of restraint so people aren't going to be hanging, you know, horrible things on their walls. But yeah. <laughs> this kind of gives me freedom to do some sort of horror genre, you know, painting. So Sweet. check yeah. that out. Uh, hopefully do a Mer- so I'll be at the Immerse Festival and follow them, do this mission for that. Um, follow us on Instant Friends Pod. And uh, check us out, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out Studio Creative. Yeah, Studio Creative. If you're thinking about, uh, you know, if you, you know, have a uh, podcast idea, come here. Like I said, I cannot recommend it enough to people uh, that are interested. Um, As always, thanks for listening. Bye.